guess who's back? Back again. It's Jake and Figgy. Tell your friends. That's right. Your dynamic duo is back with amazing but true as baseball is back in the air. Jake, man, I never thought I'd be so happy to hear your voice, but here we are after months away from the show as we awaited word from baseball. It has finally returned. The shortened 60 game season is set to start July 23rd. But will it, Figgy? Will a second coming of the Rona put a halt on our hopes and dreams? We'll discuss the season with an asterisk, Seth Lugo's comment, and also Cespedes' BP porn. Yo, Figgy, we also chat with Mets beat writer for the Post, Mike Puma, who joins us from City Field. Yes, he made it inside. All that and a whole lot more next on Amazing But True from the New York Post. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York Post. It's out of here. We got you. And now, here they are. Brooklyn's own, number 27, the F-I-double-G-I-E, Nelson Figueroa. Astoria's finest, number 69, it's Jay Swizzy, Jake Brown. Welcome back to the return of Amazing But True, a New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. It's your boy Jake Brown here alongside my co-host, former Mets pitcher and Emmy Award winner Nelson Figueroa. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, wherever you get your damn podcasts. Rate us five stars. Write a nice review if you use Apple, please. It's amazing but true to be back in the saddle today. Mike Puma is going to be joining us from City Field later in the show. But Figgy, we got some catching up to do. Now, Figgy, the last time we spoke, you know, face-to-face kind of was Instagram Live, where you look like you were starring in Castaway 2, replacing Tom Hanks, as your beard looks like it hasn't been to a barber, and now barbers are starting to open up. Life is different. How are you, first of all? How has your life been the last couple months? How's the family? How's everything going for you? Oh, man, it's been a whirlwind, right? And uh, I I think it's been the fastest yet slowest summer ever, because here we are already in July, and no baseball, so it really makes it, uh, you're in hyper panic mode. Uh, no sports in general. It's been crazy just to sit back and, and think about what life would be like if uh, I wasn't a sport nut, I wasn't a sport junkie. So I think the more and more we get outside, the more and more kids start to get out and play more baseball, the more that I hear the crack of the bat and you know uh, the glove popping, that makes me feel a lot better. I think uh, that's something that I definitely missed. And um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping with my fingers crossed and everything else crossed that you know we're going to be able to see some major league baseball here come july 23rd and how are you personally have you groomed your beard have you been to a barber has somebody cut your hair no no sir uh, i think that's where we uh we differ during quarantine i figured you know what uh, all the years of having to be on television and having to maintain a cropped look and <laughs> i decided yes i, I was going to go the uh tom hanks route and and figure let the hair grow one more time while I can still let the hair grow and uh, it's been it's been fun but I think it's getting to that length it, I, I am at a turning point here Jake I, I am thinking where which way am I going to go with this am I going to try and grit it out go the whole year and see what happens because you can always shut you can always cut it off growing it back makes it tough I'm going to call you Nelson Joe Dirt Figueroa soon enough we're going to have a <laughs> mullet we differ because I don't have hair I mean mine I have to shave every two days just to keep it smooth you rub the shea butter the cocoa butter on there but no one cares about my bald habits we care about baseball back 
back, and we have a 60-game season set for now. Monday night, we'll get the schedule. We know the Mets will open the season July 24th at City Field in front of Mike Puma and some media members and maybe some uh, some walk-up songs, maybe a PA announcer. Maybe we'll have our guy who you heard in the intro, Colin Cosell, maybe in the building. I don't know if he does it from home. It's going to be weird having an empty stadium. They did it at Camden Yards years back, and it was weird. You could hear the broadcaster from the booth as a player. Guys aren't going to be able to spit, chew tobacco. Uh, I don't know the, how they're going to reprimand a guy who does spit or chews tobacco. Is he, Does he go in timeout? Does he have to sit out an inning? <laughs> Is he suspended a game? Does he get fined? It's going to be a wild series of events, and you as a former player, can you put yourself in these shoes of having to be a player in a pandemic with all these changes and doing things that you've never done before and wearing masks and not spending and all this? Can you put yourself in their shoes and maybe how uncomfortable that'll make you and how uncomfortable, Figgy, that it's made a lot of guys and many are, you know, some are dropping out or talking about dropping out and there'll be more to come. Yeah. One of the things that you, as, as you go up the ranks of, you know, since you were a kid, what do you want to do? Play professional baseball, play major league baseball. And as you get closer and closer to realizing that goal, there are sacrifices that you have to make just to get to that level. And then once you get to the major leagues, it's, it's set up in a way that there are certain liberties that you have as a major league player that you don't have as a minor league player. The chewing tobacco is one of them that they, they did it to the minor leaguers way before the major leaguers started to having to hide, you know, their chewing tobacco, spitting on the field and all the little things. There, there are so many things that once you get to the major leagues, you feel like there is uh, a, finally that you've made it. You, you have these liberties um, and just the, the way that you're used to doing things. That's all going to change, right? Because we used to go to the ballpark. If it was a seven o'clock game, man, I'd be at the ballpark at one thirty, two o'clock. And, and and remember, sometimes I was a reliever, so it wasn't like I was as a starter, you know, doing my side work and everything else. It was like, listen, I, I take this seriously. This is my career. I want to be at the ballpark. I want to see what I can do to get better that day, whether it's changing up my workout, doing something a little bit more, doing something a little bit less, getting some therapy. There's so many things that even just how about those the trainers and therapy treatments? How, how are they going to do that from six feet away? It's a whole new world that we live in. And this baseball season and all the rule changes during the baseball. So it's one thing to have baseball come back at all. It's another thing to say, okay, universal DH, you know, you got the guy on second base when uh, you go to extra innings to try and end the extra inning games a little quicker. You have the rosters starting out with 30 guys and then going down, you know, two guys every couple of weeks. So there's a lot of things that I feel like this season's kind of a, a experimentation. I think I'm excited, uber excited for baseball to be back. I'm of course very cautious about health first. Um, And as long as these tests start getting done regularly and the results come back regularly, because these athletes, I I don't see them being uh, compromised like the everyday person or or if there's a positive test, I think we've seen enough athletes had positive tests in other sports and other walks of life and they're okay from it. I've had four people in my own family have positive tests and they have survived and, and they're okay. They, they feel back to normal as much as it can be. But there's so much unknown moving forward. I'm just going to be excited when I hear play ball and the national anthem plays and you hear play ball, even though it's going to be in front of an empty crowd. Um, I think it's still going to be very special. And you said it, Figgy. It is a whole new world. It is a new fantastic point of view, a dazzling place 
that I never knew. <laughs> Unbelievable sights, indescribable feeling. That was actually me and my mom's song, A Whole New World, Aladdin. Um, a lot of movie watching in Disney Plus and Hamilton over this time. And it is really yeah. a whole new world. Did you watch Hamilton? Did I watch Hamilton? Please, I sang along. I know every line to that thing 10 times over. I saw it I saw it several years ago. Our boy Michael Gruen got me some standing, standing room only seats. And it was actually my daughter's birthday. And I didn't take my daughter. But... <laughs> um, oh. but well, because I didn't know if she could do the three-hour show, you know. I can't um, do it standing. Her, I couldn't her, do a Broadway show standing, bro. It, it, listen, it, it had the pony wall in front of me, and once you get going and you you're you're into that show, the time seemed to fly by. It really wasn't that bad, and uh, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, I, I'm so I was so pleasantly surprised when I saw that they were doing Hamilton on July 3rd, and trust me, that that immediately went on the calendar, and I watched it and uh, all three hours of it, or two hours and 40 minutes, whatever it was, the whole time singing with it. I love that show. I think Lin-Manuel Miranda is an absolute genius. And what I hate now, of course, is now everybody has speculation about <laughs> what's going on in the show and, yeah. and the lives of the people in the show yeah. since the 1776. You know, just take it for what it was. It was a fantastic production. And um, I, I will watch that every single time I ever see it on. David Diggs is the Jacob deGrom of Broadway stars. I mean, he was incredible. Yes. Um, I need to watch again because I was multitasking. It's and you can't multitask. Like you have no. to pay attention. So I'm gonna do a second watch. The first time I was just more for the music, but now I'm gonna just lock in and focus. It's just hard to focus on anything during this pandemic. But I mentioned Jacob Degrom because he still looks good. You know, he had the simulated game Sunday. You know, he's at City Field. The Mets are there. It's it's bizarre, like we said. But you know, there are some positives coming out. I know we talk a lot about negatives during this and how things have changed. And you know, even today with Mike Rizzo, the Nationals GM, and the delays of getting results back to these tests like we discussed. And, you know, the Nationals had to cancel workouts. So there are issues. There is a chance we don't have a season, Figgy. But for now, we're going to say that there is. And we hope that there is. And we're going to know the schedule. And we'll we'll open Thursday's show talking about that. Again, twice a week, you can get us, Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa, at Jake Brown Radio, at Figgy NY. But we're going to know, you know, where the Mets are going to travel. Oh, you know, if they're, are they going to go from city down to Atlanta, back up to the Bronx like I'm very curious how they're going to do this schedule if there's going to do it with geographics in mind if you know what I'm saying where mm -hmm. you know they don't mm -hmm. have to go here to up there because you know that's the worry about not being in a bubble figgy like they are in Orlando with the NBA which is a whole nother issue because so many guys are coming down with it that guys aren't being able to like the Bucks aren't being able to go to their facility where the bubble one guy gets it and it's just a free fall where baseball it's guys are traveling all over they can go in a different city they could get it you know guys are going to restaurants they're going out to eat they're gonna probably go to a bar or club when they open back up so you do worry a little bit and you played you know you you mm -hmm. had your fair share of fun uh late night fun you had your couple couple brews um mm -hmm. so you know it's it's that's the big worry is traveling around and i know they're keeping it at you know nl east al east keeping it east versus east but that doesn't mean you're driving an hour away and to go near your aunt rosie's house you're <laughs> you're going from new york to atlanta new york to dc you're still travel so that's the concern yeah no without a doubt the logistical nightmare that is the baseball season um every day that there's another layer that we kind of see and we pick apart and i think what was funny was that you were listening to these fans who were getting so upset and they were so upset about you know oh these guys need to just these millionaires are complaining about it 
it, it's not the complaining about play, playing baseball for a living. That is not the complaint. The complaints were there are so many unknowns and you're leaving your family and you're leaving your loved ones and you're going to go play baseball because that's what you do and that's what you want to do. And then you get there and there's still more unknowns. And every day, I'm sure the protocols are changing every single day. I'm sure that, uh, you know, we're, we're hearing at, at City Field that, you know, Brody has said six feet may not be enough, make it 10 feet apart. And But I guarantee you there are guys that are going up to each other in a batting practice round and they're high-fiving each other because, you know, a guy just hit one off the upper deck. You know, he's getting a high-five from the guys. There's lines that are going to be very blurry throughout this whole thing. And I think the more and more that these test results come out, the more and more positives that come out, there's going to be players that are going to be more and more fearful about, you know, if they made the right decision. If they're, I think when you see that, not just the majority, the overwhelming majority, you're talking about 99% of the guys are back and wanting to play and wanting to try and play a season. It's just going to be getting to that, that date, that July 23rd, 24th date, where you're going to see some baseball finally. Because I think if it comes to it and all of a sudden and you've seen through this spring training that, oh, you know, a whole team has to pull out and it's 60 guys that they're carrying in, in spring training. What if the whole team has to pull out because they have to quarantine and because they had, you know, uh, multiple tests, you know, positive tests, so four, five, six, seven guys tested positive. Then what do you do? You know, you have to then do we put the whole thing on hold? So I, I don't know. It's just so it's so scary. I, I always, always, always hope for the best. Um, and I always look for the silver lining in every single thing. My silver lining is, hey, the, the these ballplayers are are saying, you know, I, I would want to be here. I want to be out there. I want to hear the crack of the bat. I want to feel, I want to throw a baseball. I want to see Jacob deGrom punching out everybody he faces. And, and I want to see Cespedes hitting some moonshots. That's for sure. So I, I think the closer we get to more and more of that, and even broadcasting that, that would kind of be some fun stuff to be able to actually watch and learn from as these young players are starting to get outside again, showing how big leaguers go about their business of practices and, and whatnot and drills. So I think there's a, a, a lot of things that could come out of this and, and a lot of positive things. Yeah. And, you know, baseball could, you know, bring in some fans if they do it right. And there's interesting ways they can kind of capture the audience and capture the young audience. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, things that have been talked about in terms of, you know, there's probably not going to be fans. I know Steinbrenner says 20 to 30 percent he expects at some point. The Astros, we have to sell cold beers and whatever he said. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, some it might depend on states and the regulations, and all owners should say that. I mean, we will follow right. the abide by the rules and regulations of our state, and that's all they need to say. I mean, I'm curious what they will do, whether there will be cardboard cutouts. Imagine, you know, a Jake Brown and Nelson Figueroa, Section 109 cardboard cutout, uh, and a ball hits us in the face in our cardboard cutout. I posted a cardboard cutout of me holding down two fingers in my Fonzie jersey from my bar mitzvah table. So maybe I'll throw that out in right field. I think I think I really like, you know what, you have to think outside the box, right? Think about these poor people in ticket sales, uh, season tickets sales especially you know they're sitting in their office and they're twiddling twiddling their thumbs because this is beyond their control so you got to think outside the box and what do you do you start thinking well fans still want to be a part of this in some way shape and form and so to have representation you know in your section that you would normally have your season tickets you get to you know for a donation of said amount and that donation goes to you know the COVID-19 maybe to the first responders however they want to divvy it up you know I think we can all get behind um, the fact that those uh, essential workers were being paid essentially and so this would be a way of baseball being able to give back because the fans are always great when it comes to hey i want to get on board and i want to do something representing baseball wise so if you put a cardboard cut 
cut out or whatever is a fathead of you and your family and your dog and your three seats. And uh, you, that, I love the idea that the foul ball gets hit. It hits your cutout. Boom. They you get an autographed baseball. Yeah, they that, that's been, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic. It's a simple concept. It's a, it's a great idea. And I think when you're looking at it, it's not the owners that are going to be making money off this. You're talking about trying to make a connection, trying to make a relationship so that, hey, you know what? We paid a thousand dollars for those for those uh, cardboard cutouts to be in our seats all season long. That thousand dollars went to good use. I got a you know a foul ball from whoever it is, and you know it was almost as if I went to the game. I think it it, it can really be cool, and I think there's going to be more and more things like that. Now, I'm, I'm you know what I'm curious about is the whole broadcasting thing. If they're going to try and mic up players, and whether it's actual players or like they do in spring training, where they got like three guys mic'd up and they're on the bench and they're having conversations, you know, you're going to have like you have to do that. You have to out of the broadcast but do you think the players agree to that you already have players who are disgruntled about being there like a mike trout who went from tell us when and where to i'm worried uh so do will players even agree to that and they're going to probably want extra money and part of that ad revenue well that that's one of the things is that you're talking about it's a it's a joint pool that they're sharing money anyway right and so what you're trying to do is you're trying to build that pool as much as possible so i i think while it may not be the superstars but if i can get you know a a a guy that that's on the bench. I can get a reliever who's in the bullpen and I can get, you know, maybe the guy who either pitched last night's game or the guy's going to pitch tomorrow's game and kind of just get into their mindset of what they're watching during this game. Like I used to love when SNY did the outside the booth thing where, you know, they had Ron Darling sitting down by the dugout. That was his perspective, his angle. And what was he watching? They had Keith in right field close to his, uh, close to his uh, kiosk with the, uh, for for the meals. Um, And then you had Gary Cohen, you know, sitting up up top but around the fans and it's just a different element and I think uh, the fans like that feel they like uh, not having the same old stagnant you know here's two three guys in a booth and they're they're just talking around the game the sights and sounds of the game are going to be louder um, because you're not going to have that crowd noise to drown out and so the ESPN games remember how they it seemed like they amplified every foul ball sounded like they hit the ball to the moon Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember it was uh, who was it Um, one of the guys bunted during the uh, Little League game the guy bunted and it sounded like it went out of the yard it was just that loud crack of the bat so they had to amplify those noises and it made the ESPN broadcast sound different they're not going to be able to do that now so you're going to have a lot of hot mics or opportunities to hear things that you normally don't hear sensors I don't think there's going to be many sensors um, I can't see players trying to censor themselves especially when you don't there's not that element of uh, you know the eight-year-old kid who's sitting right by the dugout that normally gives you that guilt trip uh, that okay I got to hold back well, so. I hope the FCC violations are off this year and the guys well, could just curse. There may be a delay. There may have to be a delay. Yeah, yeah. Could be a seven-second delay with somebody having to stay on the button, and uh, maybe they can raise money by how many times he presses a button every game. This is going to be weird, man. And, you know, I'll say this from uh, as a fan, this sucks. Baseball has been a big part of my life since childhood in terms of being at the stadium, from Shea to City Field to even going to some Yankee games to going to different ballparks uh, close by, Fenway, when we, my family went up to California, going to Dodger Stadium, San Francisco. To mm-hmm. have this whole year, Figgy, not going to a game, really, 
is bizarre. And listen, I can't complain. I'm in good health. I'm working. I have a job. I'm making money. But this really sucks for me and, and, and a lot of fans who miss the, the, the smell of the hot dog, the green grass, the crack of the bat, not having a full season. I went from going to 30 Met games a year to mm-hmm. going to probably none this year is, is the guess. And maybe who knows what happens next year. Hopefully next year it's back to normal. But having a whole year without something that was a staple of your life since you were seven, eight years old, you know, over the last 20 years to take it away from you, it is bizarre. And it's not something I'm going to, you know, complain about because, you know, I'm blessed, but it really does suck. And, and I think you can relate in the fact that you've, you've been to games, you played, you're used to being at the ballpark and not being there, man. It is rough. And, you know, I even miss to even the food at City Field is awesome to not have, you know, my fat ass eating that chicken parm hero you know the the steak fries the the lobster i mean everything at city field that they offer i miss it so bad and we'll miss it until next year yeah and and i think here's another element of it right because that's what you want you want that that whole like you said the whole experience of of traveling to the game getting at the game paying for parking parking the car walking in going by the vendors going by each and every one of the different kiosks with the food and trying to figure out you know what am i going to try today am i going to try something different or i'm going to go to the old staple i think what we have to look at is with this quarantine, we realized that we weren't as close as we thought with people, with family, with friends, right? We, we realized, oh my God, I've never used FaceTime or Zoom or a house party or anything so much than I did during this quarantine where I looked for today's where it was like, okay, Friday's family night. We're all going to get together and you got 50 people in this thing. Now with baseball coming back, you can all watch the ball game together, you know, whether it's your household and another household and you're starting to be able to get out and, and gather more. So you make it an event where, you know, I think the vendors could also do it too, where the vendors can now say, Hey, we sell a package. You know, you want, uh, you want Pat Lafrida's boom. There's, here's a, a, a city field package. And you know, we'll give you three games worth of, of food of, you know, whatever the sandwiches are and everything else. And here's how to make it. And you do it on your own. But I think there's a way that every, every vendor, because they're not going to be getting those sales, uh, but they still have their businesses and they want to keep their businesses. And so to keep that relation, they're going to have to do it kind of like an online thing where they can sell, uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, cookie dough, the uh, uncooked cookie dough. The, that's what it's called, right? Dough. dough. dough, dough so, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, th- things like that, where, you know what, Hey, we can't be there, but let's, let's order it and so this Saturday we're gonna order it we're gonna get dough have that the dough delivered by there we're gonna have Lafritas and we're gonna sit and watch the game together you know and now that we're getting out more and more and you're able to do these things I think you want to do them right um, because it costs a lot of money right doesn't it cost it'll cost way more money to go to the game than it is to sit at home and watch the game but if you're gonna do it I say do it right barbecue do whatever well, you food do costs it, more than the ticket out. food is I mean the, the food is the thing like you know yeah. I'll sometimes go for free or go for like a dollar or five dollars on like a yeah, 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 yeah. You, just, you pay the ticket and then go walk around the concourse. That's that's the beauty of being there, I think. And that's that's one of the things where people are like, oh, I'd never give the Wilpons my money. Listen, yes, you will. And yes, you do. And when you do do that, you wind up walking around the concourse and you meet more fans and you, you have discussions. You see people that you haven't seen in a while You or you see the regular guys. You see Pin Man, you see Cowbell Man, you see all those guys. And uh, they're part of that environment. And that's what makes it uh, special to be a fan of a ball 
football team. And that's why you do it. You don't do it just for one player. You And that player, you know, retires, gets traded or whatever else happens with them. But you do it for the whole team, the team environment, for the fans that you get to know, you know, by going to games. Uh, you know, you have those parties together. The seven line, I, I can guarantee you the seven line is going to have get togethers to watch games. They've been kind of that fan group that has led the way to travel and do all those things, whatever they can do to enjoy a ball game. And, and they have the uh, Mets through good and bad. They, they commiserate together, trying to make sure that they have the best time possible. So I think I, I, I'm excited to see what they can come up with uh, moving forward for the fan experience. And you mentioned the Wilpons. That's something that we'll be monitoring closely here throughout the show is, you know, the talk of A-Rod, J-Lo, the various people have made bids, you know, that uh, Cohen is going to probably be back in the mix at some point. I know that A-Rod and, and partners potential package with vitamin water, who David Wright is part of as well. So that could get interesting if David Wright becomes part of the party. But, you know, that's probably a, a discussion for a different day. A couple more minutes here. Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa on Amazing But True Podcast with the New York Post. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Jake Brown Radio at Figgy NY. And even during a pandemic, Figgy can't follow me back on Twitter. It is an absolute <laughs> travesty. I'm surprised I haven't got hit with the Rona for the fact that you, knock on wood, for the fact that you haven't given me a follow back on Twitter. I know, I know. And it's, I told you from the beginning of the season, I, I, this is something that I'm standing pat on. I, I think, uh, trust me, I read everything that you put out there and I've known you for a long time now. Um, it, it, it's funny to me. I'm, I'm <laughs> triggered. I am triggered. It just is. It's that one thing that no matter how good our conversations are going, it hits you again and you go right back to that moment that I followed him and he still has not followed me yet. But um, I, I told you, maybe uh, maybe for Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to wait till December, maybe on the eighth night. I'll light the menorah on the eighth night. And I'll get on the follow. eighth night of Hanukkah. On the eighth follow night of Hanukkah, there. Figgy followed me. Uh, <laughs> We'll, we'll wrap it on that note. We'll wrap it on Hanukkah. You know, we'll be getting into all the other things. You know, we we could get into the CBA and the fact that that was a disaster, but I think we've had enough negativity mixed with some positivity in Hamilton and on this show that we got the best best of both worlds. And, you know, I love Seth Lugo's quote as well that we didn't mention is, you know, I don't live in fear. And we'll talk about it with Mike Puma, but guys on the Mets. And, you know, if the season happens, Figgy, we'll wrap it on this. If the season happens, there will be an asterisk. Let's be real about it. And I... I, I tweeted the Mets are going to win the World Series this year. I'm calling it now. They will win. Hammer the plus 2,000 that the Mets win it all because this is the year that they would win. A shortened season. They were good. They're good in sometimes in stretches. Luis Rojas has managed in the, uh, what is it, Venezuelan League where he's managed seasons that Dominican. are this short. Dominican. Dominican League. So he kind of knows how to work a season like this. So I actually mm -hmm. think they're going to win it all if the season happens, and I think they're built for it. And the other side of it you look at is the fact that it's, you know, a war of attrition. Which team will fight off the Rona, which team will stay healthy, uh, which team will band together and make it work. So there are, you know, a championship's a championship. We'll take it. We'll celebrate it, especially as Mets fans who haven't got one since 86. But there will be that big asterisk on this season. So whoever wins it, they'll say, oh, that didn't count. You're going to have those naysayers. Yeah. You know what? I, I think more so than anything, it, it should count even more because everybody has an opportunity with a 60 game schedule. You don't have that fatigue that teams usually go, go through because of the marathon length of the season the 162 games that's where you see you know a team could start out hot and then they cool off and then there's an injury a key injury and boom they're out of it then you see 
the, the other side of it, the tale of the Washington Nationals from last year after 50 games. They were 19 and 31. And then they went on to play the best baseball in all of baseball all the way out. And they had one player. They had one player who stood out more than the rest and two starting pitchers that were better than everybody else's. Um, and, and that's what really led them to a championship. Soto was so ridiculous. And, and so not there, there's no way that he can be 20 years old. There's no way. There's just he's been here before. He's done this before. He's like he embodies the spirit of players from the past. Just his swagger, just the way he he approaches in at bat, and he has he has no fear. Um, so watching the way that he carried that ball club, even though they didn't have their superstar in, in Bryce Harper, and took them all the way to the championship. Max Scherzer and Strasburg, you know, stood up and and were able to be that that one and two combo a la Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling to have to face those guys in a short series. You knew you were up against a wall. So it was very uh, inspiring to see how they went about it. And what you're looking for is 60 games. You get on a hot streak and win 10 games, 12 games. I mean, that's a major part of your season already. So playing a lot of more games in the division is going to make it more exciting because I think the, the way that the National League East is set up, they're going to be beating up on each other a lot of the time, you know, depending on who there who's on the hill that starter who's on the hill that can be effective the, the longest and they have such a familiarity with these guys already that it, there's no mysteries to it so it's really like watching two heavyweights on their third fights like rock, watching rocky three or rocky four when they you know they had to put new opponents because if it was just rocky and apollo they figured each other out remember that punch at the end of rocky two where they punch each other that's what you're looking at for most of the time with the national league east so i'm excited that it's going to be that rock'em sock'em robots type baseball yeah, it's going to be interesting, and we'll get into that schedule to open up Thursday's show before we are joined Thursday during spring training 2.0 or summer camp, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that one time at summer camp, uh, Jeff McNeil hit a home run, so there'll be guys in a clarinet, a band camp in the crowd. Yes, totally I did, different show. I did. I did play clarinet. I, I am ashamed to admit that I did have like five years playing the damn clarinet after I played hot cross buns on a recorder, whatever that was. Like recorder. Yep. Good old, everyone played the, that old hot cross buns. You know who's got hot cross buns? Mike Puma. And Mike Puma's going to join us next. Hell of a transition. That's why they pay me the big bucks. New York Mets beat writer for the New York Post. We'll get into all the Mets side of things. Mike Puma next live from City Field right here on Amazing But True. And joining us now, and it's been a while, it feels like centuries since he has. It was like the first episode back in March is Mets beat writer for the New York Post, Mike Puma. Follow him on Twitter at NYPost underscore Mets. Mike, you are live from City Field, and it has to be a wild sight and a wild scene, uh, breaking out your binoculars for the first time since I feel like uh, you were a kid, maybe. Yeah, you know, and we've been here a few days already, and, uh, you know, just to see all the, the protocols they've put in, uh, you know, they've had hand sanitizers on the field and social distancing, obviously. Uh, you know, they've gotten into some uh, simulated games the last couple of days, but it, it's like nothing uh, any of us have ever seen before. You've been all over Twitter as well uh, lately. Marcus Stroman is tweeting you. How Can you explain this relationship with Marcus Stroman? He's calling you buddy. Are you guys buddy buddy is he being sarcastic what's going on with Strowman? i don't know he, he's upset that's uh, that's something about something that was reported uh, the other day i mean i don't want to get into it too much with him but he, he's entitled to his opinion yeah that's 
one of the things, of course, players getting back into the flow of things and having uh, their privacy and everything else, they're, they're going to be a little hypersensitive with these things. And I think we're seeing already some of the flaws in the system. What do you think about these tests that we're taking on Saturday and still no results yet? Yeah, it's it's not a good sign for baseball. You know, you see some teams pushing back already saying, uh, you know, not working out or, or, or canceling workouts. And, you know, there, there's so much that has to go right for this season to actually happen and one of the few things they should be able to control is the testing you know just having testers on site and, and getting the test done and, and, and getting the test results in a timely manner and the fact that you know here we are only a few days into uh you know spring training 2.0 and, and there's already problems it's not a good sign because there's, there's so many other obstacles that they're not going to be able to control and uh, you know uh, the fact that uh, a controllable situation is is already eluding their grasp is problematic it's definitely alarming what are you noticing on the field are players wearing masks are they six feet apart what's the protocol looking like uh, at city field yeah, the social distancing has is, is been in effect, and uh, it was Mike, Michael Conforto actually mentioned the other day that Brody Van Wagenen, you know, wants him to even extend it further than the six feet, wants guys 10 feet apart, and uh, guys have uh, worn masks at times. Now, when, you know, in the middle of a simulated game, uh, they kind of have the option. Uh, saw Ahmed Rosario out with a mask on yesterday. Uh, Juris Familia pitched without a mask, but the moment he, you know, walked across the, the line after he was done put on the mask so uh you know the masks aren't as stringent as far as much as just making sure these guys keep their distance from one another going back to uh what we talked about over the weekend baseball has always had this thing about only business days <laughs> even trades weren't done over the weekend do you think it had something to do with the holiday weekend possibly july 4th people barely getting back to work as it is that they weren't able to get the turnaround in time i think baseball has for a long long time you know the paperwork is not done yet. It wasn't done by the deadline on Friday. Now you have to wait till Monday. Again, a logistical nightmare, as we said early on, you and I spoke briefly. Um, there's so many layers to this onion that seeing them get out of camp, I think is going to really take uh, a lot of trial and error thus far. And we're seeing some of the uh, fallout from that with just this early testing. Yeah, and it was a bad weekend in the in the sense, you know, we, we found out uh, Freddie Freeman actually has symptoms. Uh, a couple other members of the Braves tested positive. Uh, we see what's going on with the Phillies where they have some positives and uh, you have a guy now like Zach Wheeler questioning whether after, uh, you know, he and his wife expecting uh, their first baby, you know, Zach Wheeler questioning whether he wants to play after the baby is born. You have Mike Trout, uh, who doesn't sound like he wants to play. So there's a lot going on here. I think there's a lot of fear as well, right? This is a lot of unknown. So if you have these players uh, as we go week by week and they're seeing more and more positive tests pop up and, you know, they're wondering how much exposure they're putting themselves at risk with. And then I, I think that's one of the things that there's no way, there's no precedence on this. We don't know what uh, to even uh, attempt to uh, tell these players, uh, you know, we're asking them to come back and play ball and we're asking them to, you know, take place in these in spring training 2.0. And uh, with the social distancing, I see that. I mean, I've seen men's leagues all weekend long. Guys are sitting in the dugout high fiving and doing everything else and not following any protocol. So at least the protocols in place to try and give them their best shot at staying as healthy as possible until the season hopefully has a chance to start. But I mean, honestly, Puma, there's just so many 
unknowns to this that I think every week we're going to see more and more guys that are going to be questioning and possibly opting out. Yeah, and that's the thing. And, you know, once the season starts, then you get into travel, getting on airplanes, uh, going into hotels. You know, I, I know that there's the guidelines are laid out and everything, but and I, I, I think for the most part, players will, will, will probably do a good job policing themselves but you know all it takes is, is really one one crack in the armor and, and, and then you got a problem have any Mets Mike been concerned with potentially opting out we're seeing it across the league I know Seth Lugo said yeah I don't live in fear have there any been any Mets that have spoken to you or or to anyone that you're worried about you know a potential season yeah we haven't received any uh indications here yet now we haven't talked to all the players our, our access is kind limited to who's made available on uh, the zoom calls after workouts uh, we've talked to a few guys and uh there hasn't been any reservations expressed now who knows if that changes though uh you know with with, with a few more positive tests or but uh, so far there hasn't been any any sign of that here in the Mets camp and do you know what the plan is for you guys in terms of traveling I've heard it's two per newspaper for media but will you be going to road games will you you know be sitting in the press box during the game have they let you know what kind of access you will have once the season happens teams are 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 going to limit it to uh, 35 media members once the season starts. And now that's that's uh, exclusive of uh, the broadcasters. But, it, you know, as far as print media, it's going to be limited to 35 now. I think I'm going to be going on the road. It hasn't – all the details haven't been uh, ironed out yet. The schedule uh, – the release of the schedule will uh, kind of set the ball in motion here. But, yeah, it, it, it's going to be a limited media presence, and at least at first. Uh, you know, they may expand that 35 number at some point, but, you know, that that's going to be the line to start. Okay, I got to start turning this into a positive direction. So uh, we, saw, we saw Michael Conforto talk about one player in particular and hopefully you've seen him how's Cespedes looking to you Cespedes looks pretty good I think that's probably the most encouraging thing uh that's come out of this so far he's obviously still got his strength I mean he's launching balls uh, all over city field during uh batting practice uh you know the, the big question is going to be what he can do on his feet and obviously the implementation of the designated hitter will make it easier just got to get out there show he can run the bases now he was closing in on that that, uh, when spring training uh, shut down in March. He's had the three months, but he looks pretty good from what we've seen so far. Another guy coming back from injury, Puma, is Jed Lowry. And I don't know, his quote to, I guess it was you, uh, I guess you asked it yesterday about not wanting to create a distraction by talking about his injury. Apparently he was full go yesterday. What is the status of Jed Lowry? What's going on? He doesn't look great. He's still got the brace uh, on his leg. Uh, he's been out there taking batting practice uh running is a huge issue we saw him on the bases a little bit yesterday and it was it wasn't much more than a jog i'm I'm not quite sure how he fits in here e- even with the 30-man roster you even if you want to do say uh dh him but why would you dh him if, if you're gonna have so many other options available are you gonna if you have cespedes are you, are you gonna sit cespedes occasionally so you can dh jed lowry are you gonna sit dominic smith or jd davis so uh you could dh lowry i don't i don't see the fit here I'd be somewhat surprised, I think, uh, if, if he gets on the field at all. It's going to end up being uh, you know $20 million basically washed down the drain. What do you got over under of Tebow making his appearance before Jed Lowry? Oh, boy, that's, that's a, uh, <laughs> a toss-up. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't I don't think I would bet on either one of them. <laughs> Do you think Tebow gets in a bat? I feel like Tebow's going to get a September like at bat. If the team is like clinch a spot or something that they might just, you know, for uh for the for fans, the, there's not going to be anybody in the stands. The, <laughs> well, do you think Puma there will be anybody in September, October in the stands? I know Steinbrenner said 20 to 30% he thinks and they'll they'll make sure to take your your parking money as well and then rain out the game and take your money with it. But do you think there'll be fans at any point this season? It's hard to envision it now, but uh, you know, as I, I've said previously, uh, you know, a month or six weeks ago, it would would have been hard for me to envision that uh, New York would have been uh, the safest places in the country uh, right now, as far as uh, the COVID nineteen is concerned. So, so so much can change over a few weeks, but you know. I, I find it hard to believe there'll be fans in the stands. And I, I think the focus should just be trying to find a way to play right now. And then if you get to that point where later in the season, uh, you know, things are going relatively smoothly and you think you can get some fans in there, go for it. But I, I don't think it should be a priority. You look at, we talk about Cespedes and how he may have benefited from the extended break right now. Uh, another guy is Dylan Batances. What do you know about him? Yeah, the reports have been good on him so far. And he, he's, yeah, the break helped him he was uh he's coming back from that achilles that shut him down uh, last year you know he he got into one game there in september and ripped the achilles and uh i don't think he was quite ready in spring training he was he was pushing trying to get ready for opening day and and as he said he probably would have been ready for opening day, just not at the level he would have liked. So this layoff has helped, and uh, you know we haven't seen him go out and do it. But I think there's reason for optimism that he can be a factor uh, once we get going here. Mike Puma, follow him on Twitter at nypost underscore Mets. Read his stories in the Post and at nypost.com. Puma, let's hope we have a season, man. I need some baseball in my life. I'm dying here without it, and you know we'll be catching up with you all season long as we got two episodes every week. So looking forward to chatting down the road all right guys great thanks for having me be safe puma and that puts the icing on the cake for episode seven of amazing but true our new york mets podcast from the new york post thanks to you yet again jake for producing the show Make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. If you're using Apple, please give us a five-star rating and write in a nice positive review. For Nelson Figueroa, I'm Jake Brown. We will be back on Thursday with a special Mets guest. We'll talk to you then. Stay safe, folks.